Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, episode 52 with Pat Green. Uh, my publicist, Heather Bond, set me up to write with Chris uh, Stapleton. I don't know how long ago, 10 years, five, seven, 10 years. I don't know, whatever, how long ago it was. And um, uh, I was exhausted from the road and um, I didn't, I never heard of him. And, you know, uh, he wasn't not by any stretch, I don't think, a new guy. On, but um, but I, I just didn't know anything about him. And But I certainly learned immediately. <laughs> We had a good chit-chat with Pat Green when he was in here. We uh, talk more about that Chris Stapleton encounter, obviously. And what Pat Green's dream duet is may surprise you. If you're a big Pat Green fan, hop on in here. We get the details. It's Evan Paul on Taste of Country Nights, and thank you so much for listening to Taste of Country Nights On Demand. Go ahead and give us a like, a rating, a subscribe, because that all helps us out. You always dreamed of right now. Be the real love. You always dreamed of right now. Oh, that was great, man. That was really good. That's one of my. I love that song. Tell me about that song. How did that come? What is that? Uh, 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 My publicist, Heather Bond, set me up to uh, write with Chris. Uh, Stapleton, I don't know how long ago, 10 years, five, seven, 10 years, I don't know, whatever, how long ago it was. And um, uh, I was exhausted from the road and um, I didn't, I never heard of him. And, you know, uh, he wasn't not by any stretch, I don't think, a new guy. On, but um, but I, I just didn't know anything about him. And But I certainly learned immediately. <laughs> right. I mean, I walked in his. I walked in his little writing studio and it was a really cool setup and, you know, kind of felt like a bar. And um, at any rate, um, we chit-chatted for a second, but he was right down to business pretty quick. And he goes, well, do you have any ideas? And it's like, well, I've never written a song about this day that I, I, I dumped my wife. Well, she wasn't my wife yet. I dumped my girlfriend on Valentine's Day. And which is, you know, to everybody I've ever told that to, they're like, oh, bad move, man. <laughs> It's awful. <laughs> Gross. You're yeah. jerk, whatever. Not, jerk's not the word. But um, anyway, uh, uh, but I said, I kind of always wanted to write a song about that. And uh, now she's my wife for 22 years and we have kids now. So it's like, you know, it was a, uh, it was, it was an easy song to write because it's such a emotional thing to talk about. Um, you know, break up with somebody that you love and then, you know, living through uh, a lifetime of music. So, uh, yeah, but uh they, we wrote it together. I think if you really listen to the song, um, you know, some of the notes that are in there are really kind of Stapleton-y. I don't know if that's an adjective. They do. <laughs> I was going to say, right? it sounds very Stapleton-y. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I was proud to have that one in my, in my, uh, in my book. And Cheryl Crow came and sang on it uh, on the record. So it was, it was a good moment for us. Wow, that's that's awesome. How was it working with Cheryl Crow? Uh, I mean, you know, first of all, um, I never got to meet her. It was one of those, um, my producer, uh, John Randall and Gary Pescoza knew her, had worked with her. And um, so they, you know, and we recorded that record, you know, about half of it here in Nashville. And so um, they made it happen on her schedule and I wasn't available when she came in to sing it. But um, anyway, uh, Cheryl, if you're listening, I really thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> um, how long have you been going at it? Like on, on tour, like counting the van days. Right. We put our first record out in um, in 1995, and um, so you know since then. But I mean, of course, before that, it was you know I was I sang at a lot of barbecue restaurants. You Did you have you ever tallied like all the miles you've ever traveled? I've done three about three thousand shows now. Um, and uh, I mean, I, no, I, I mean, on American Airlines, I'm a million miler. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I've, 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 you know, I've certainly flown a lot on Southwest and other airlines too. So when you uh, walk in, are they like, "Yes, sir, hey, here he is"? No, uh, no, I just no. It's uh, I've, I've, yeah, I've been. Uh, my gratitude level for the for the fortune that I've had uh, in music is, is all time high, but um, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a ton of fun to to do this for a living. And so recently, you've released like several mile markers right. of like your career and, and where you talk about memories. To what like extent is this album like a, a look back on your whole career? Well, I think I don't I don't treat albums as projects like I, like I'm not trying to make a statement about this or that. And and I appreciate that there are bands out there that want to do that. I, I write at a very slow pace. Right. I'll write one song every three or four months. It's just and and, and I'm, I'm an artist as well. Um, so I, I sculpt and paint and, and all those things. And I take those things very seriously, but also very slow. Um So, yeah, I don't I'm a snail's pace. So what I what I think about is what I'm thinking about. You know, I, don't, I mean, it's very, I, I write mostly about my family and, uh, uh, and myself because, you know, Radney Foster said it to me a long time ago. He said, you know, if you, if you just tell them the truth, they'll, they'll know it. Right. And they'll know that you're talking about things that you understand. But if you, you know, if you're bullshitting, they'll, they'll know that too. Well, I think it's cool after like 20 something years of marriage, like your wife still yeah. inspires you to write yeah. new music. Everybody's surprised we're still married. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? I, I, well, I mean, I, I'm not an easy person. I know that. I mean, I don't think a lot of people are that easy, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm particular and I'm, I'm a lead singer. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of ego in there and, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but if you don't have a, a strong sense of confidence and consciousness and about who you are getting on stage in front of thousands and thousands of people, you're not going to look very good. Not <laughs> at all. You know, a lot of shaky hands. Right, they're gonna so like, my hand, but my hands, for some reason, God gave me steady hands when I'm in front of as big a crowd as you want to put. I'm, actually, I go the other way. I, when, I'm, when I'm in front of lots and lots and lots and lots of people, man, I, I turn on. So. Um, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's fortunate. What did uh, your wife think about, like, the first time you played Steady for her? Yeah, she she doesn't really like that song. Uh, I love it. Because, you know, <laughs> Why not? Well, I just came from a very sincere place of uh, appreciation for her. But she goes, you make me sound so boring. <laughs> <laughs> No girl wants to be called steady. Wait, so after, <laughs> after these, I understand that after the fact. After but, these months of hard work you put into this yeah, song, yeah, yeah. she just said it was boring. Uh, it's just <laughs> hilarious. But um, uh, yeah, I wrote that with a couple of guys in my band, and and we're all everybody in our band's kind of married, and you know, it's a, we're we're family band, so um, yeah, yeah. She doesn't like steady, but that's okay. Other people do. And, she just has to, you know, uh, she's got three days and wave on wave too. So she, she can, you know, I don't care if she likes them all. <laughs> right. 
Uh, in the beginning of Steady, you mentioned like how her dad didn't. That's a true story. Did it, uh, yeah. How long did it take for him to come around? I'm not sure it's happened yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I have a great relationship with Rick, and, and he is a he is a, he's just like Corey and uh, and her father are very much alike. She was the first kid. They're both extremely intelligent. He's a he's a huge brain. That works for, uh, for Texas Tech University. Has a farm. Has a ranch. Has you know has been. Uh, he's just an expert in his field. And so um, I don't know. You know, I told him one time we were standing at, at Corey's cousin's wedding when we had just started dating. We were both standing at urinals, side by side urinals, and I told him, "I'll never take your daughter out of college to marry her." Now, that might have been the dumbest thing I've ever said to any other human being in my life, right? And, and he's got this Wyatt Earp mustache. I'm serious. It's this big handles, handlebar mustache. And he's, he's part Indian, so he's like really dark hair. And, you know, he's just a good looking fella. And, and he, he's like, huh. And then he just walked away. He just made a little, like a guttural noise. Like, uh. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. But yeah, um, we, we dated for a long time. We dated for over five years before we got married. So they had a chance to get to know me. When you, when you guys broke up, did they get involved? Well, we, we, we broke up because I left Lubbock and music wasn't going as well as I wanted it to. And I, you know, just one of those displacement things that people do. I, I blamed my uh, lack of success in music on being in Lubbock, which was not a music city at the, well, it's much more so now, but anyway, and on her, right. I was like, I'm staying here for you. It's so dumb. It's the things that we do. Um, but that, that's what I did. And, and, and I moved Back to Waco, to Central Texas, another music hub. <laughs> I mean, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, the logic isn't sound. So, yeah. um, anyway, it took, yeah, it took me a while. It took me a year and a half. We, we still, we, we hung on to each other throughout the whole time, but we were, you know, we were broken up. But once we got back together, it was, it was over. Um, I noticed on this you duet with Abby Anderson. Yeah. Um, who would you? Who's a duet? A dream duet? Like, still haven't gotten to sing with Dolly Parton. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, she was one of those people that when you're, well, you're my age, <laughs> you know, it's like, right, right. Yeah, she was the, one of the heroes, you know, back then. Um, and so I always wanted to sing with her. Um, I think Casey Musgrave is a an extreme talent that I would uh, love to be around. Uh, and she's an interesting person. I only met her a couple of times, but I talked to her one time for, you know, a few minutes and I really thought she was uh, fun to be around. All right. So can we get those, uh, we'll get those. Yeah, on the somebody call Casey or just give me your number. <laughs> I'm sure. You'll have it around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your age. So I had to say, so you're 50 now. Yeah. April 5th. I turned 50. I don't think you're a guy that's ever going to retire. So I will. I don't think you're wrong so. about that. <laughs> who, who do you look up to that's still Not doing for it a long time to inspire you? Um, I, I look around and I, I see what uh, Wade Bowen has has musically speaking. I think um, turned a, a, a significant corner to, to he's really. I, I love what he's doing right now. Um, Randy Rogers falls in that category. Um, I'm certainly happy for. The guys that are having success, you know, you think of Parker McCollum and, and Co. Wetzel. I'm, I'm excited for um, a new, anytime a new crop comes out and they d- get successful, 
it's good for my business. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. You know, so that's the way I think about it. How is it like Texas is almost like it's own. Colby Cooper comes to mind. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Um, so Texas kind of comes to mind as its own music hub, country music hub. Is it take me behind? Like if you start getting noticed in Nashville as a like Parker McCollum per se, do you lose some of the cred in Texas? Like are Texas artists needing to stay boxed into Texas to keep the Texas crowd? I think that depends what you want. Uh, out of your career as an artist or as a singer songwriter. Um, like if, if you want to, you know, have that a songwriter and you want to play to a crowd that sitting down and listening to you, then that's one thing. And that's respectable. You know, it's you should respect any vehicle that you want to, you know, ride on throughout music. But, um, I wanted to be singing in front of large audiences for the rest of my life. And so in order to do that, you have to have a critical mass at radio. Um, and, uh, well, okay, Co Wetzel's an interesting uh, counterpoint to that. Like, he hasn't had a lot of radio success, but he has huge groundswell in organic numbers. Um, I didn't have that opportunity, right? I knew that my music was big in Texas, but I wanted it to be big enough everywhere else so that I could continue to tour so, um, you know, once, once we hit that critical mass, uh, you know, the record labels <laughs> began to drool. They start calling. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, and so now, but now I have a, yeah, like you said, I have, I have a 25 year long career and it's, there's no end of, there's no end in sight. I mean, it's as long as I want to play, I can play. But like in like, it, let's say like rock music, if you're an indie band and you cross over and you, sure. you have a song that makes it, you kind of lose a little indie cred. Well, sure. It's because those indie, the indie fans, the people that really love the smaller side of music, they take a, a very deep ownership in it and they get irritated when other people own their Stuff. Do you find that with Texas country music listeners? I mean, I, I did when I went through. Okay. Yeah, but I think now it's just kind of more, It's it, if you got the cred to come get a big record deal and, and get out there, then it's okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I took the brunt of the blow as far as, you know, you know, what does it look like to sell out? Dude, yeah. He sucks. You know, I got, I got a lot of that, but um, I'm still here and I got, I got a wonderful life. I'm not really worried about it anymore. And those people that said you sold out are probably still the first ones to buy your stuff. So yeah. 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 And, and, and most of them has, have come back around too. you know, um, I mean, you think about, I mean, wave on wave was the ultimate sellout, but I, mean, I swear to goodness, there's not a, not many people that like the Texas music scene that don't know that song word for word. So it's, I don't, I don't know. I'll take it. I'm fine. I, I mean, really at this, at this point in my life, I'm just, just like, like, whatever. Hey, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you don't like it, you don't have to come. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I'll be all right. <laughs> You're on TikTok now. Do you ever think you'd be no, on TikTok? No, I'm not on TikTok. Somebody else is on TikTok for me. Who's on TikTok? I have no idea. It's somebody in the office, but I know I, I'll do Instagram. I do my own Insta. <laughs> I do my own Facebook. But I, I, that's, I, I had to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. I, so, I, so you could have posted on TikTok today and you have no clue what's on there. I'm sorry to say that. Yes. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> that's all good. There's no nudity involved. So if I'm like, man, I can't believe I could have been like, dude, no. I can't believe you posted that on TikTok. You have no, <laughs> that's great. I do most of my posts on, on Insta though. I, I, that, that's fun for me. It's fun for my kids and. 
you know. We, now that they're of age, do yeah, they get more yeah, involved? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're, you know, um, we tried to kind of hide it from them most of their lives. We didn't want them to. I just wanted to be dad. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want them to think of me anything as this. You know, something they could lean on. So, um, yeah. But now you, you know, they know. And do you remember the first moment that they? That you figured out, that they figured out, that you were Pat Green. Oh, I, no, I mean, I do remember my daughter. One time, we were um, I was going on the road for a while, and she said, "All right, Dad, I'll see you on TV." And I was like, "Okay," you know, it's hard to hide from that one. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really have a specific memory more than that. Just, but I, know, I mean, they're. They're great kids, man. They're wonderful, and they're the you know their mother Corey is just so, so like, like into it, right? She's really into their lives and uh, into what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I mean, I am too. But um, but I, I love that that my wife is um, is a she's a she's a great mom. Are they? Are your kids embarrassed? Like when wave on wave and all that come on? Like, no, it's not. No, I. I mean, I. I think they laugh at it like I do. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> okay. that song's twenty years old and they're still doing this. Okay, you know, it's great. It's, no, it's great. Uh, you. You know, um, when you write something, when you create something that is, you know, got some magic to it, it's a. It's, it doesn't happen to many people. So. Well, People Magazine calls you the Springsteen of the Southwest. <laughs> have you ever met the ball? For damn right. Yeah, I have several times. Really? I've done a few shows with him. Um, yeah, that, now that was a funny thing to talk about. We were doing a show with him in Dallas one time, huge show, uh, on the, in, in a big lawn outside of Reunion Arena, um, or actually where Reunion used to be, but um, uh, I don't know, 50,000 people and um I was, you know, I was on right before and, and anyway, I'm, you know, waiting on side stage with my kids who are, you know, rather young, I want to say they were like probably 11 and nine years old okay. at the time. And, um, Bruce was coming up the little corridor to up the stage on the big, you know, huge ramp to the stage. And, and, uh, I stopped him to take a picture with my kids and, you know, I'm just beaming <laughs> ear to ear, and my kids are grinning. They have no idea. And then Jim Bruce is kind of like, hey, I'm going on, hey, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he goes on stage, and I show it to them later. I'm like, check this out. And they're like, who is that? And I'm like, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Oh, man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, I, I, as far as performance goes, that's I, I do a lot of modeling after him. I think there's a lot of ways that you could move your body on stage to make people feel engaged. So I always thought that was his his performance is amazing. That's cool. I'm always fascinated by like artists, other hobbies. Um, mm -hmm. Like I noticed, I saw one of your the statue. What, is this bronze? Yeah, yeah, I, do, yeah, I go to bronze. All my statues are in, you know, sculptures. Yeah, they're in bronze. So, how, does that take get, take me into that? Like, do you um, do you have like a separate shed that you go out in at yeah, night? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, I've been working on another a new a new horse, a pony, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, that's cool. It's it's rearing up on its back haunches. But um yeah, it I I put out about one a year. Um I keep a copy and I sell a copy. But you know, there's people that want it, so as long as they still want it, I'll go I'll go do it. So is the one that you're working on now already sold? 
No, uh, it's not in bronze yet. It's still in, you go, so you go clay. Once you build it in clay, you go to, um, you go to a mold or get the mold made. And then the bronze comes after it takes, wow. it takes, once I'm finished, it takes another eight or nine months. Why? Well, if, so if I set out your sculpture and like eight others, would a, would a Pat Green fan be able to pick yours out? I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I haven't made a whole lot. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I'm definitely a, I am a, I'm a professional singer. So, you know, I don't, um, I, I wouldn't call it my hobby cause I do work on it quite a bit, but, um, I, I enjoy it more than, I enjoy it more than almost anything. Um, it, I, I take my time. It's something that slows me down. Um, here you go. That's the new pony that I'm working on right now. Oh, wow. Right. Dude, that's legit. Can you hold that up to the... Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. Let's see. Where's the... Which camera? Hold up. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Sorry if this guitar shouldn't fall. It's expensive. That's sweet. Can you spill some tea on any other artists, unexpected hobbies? Um... You know, uh, there's a lot of guys that I, that I like to hang around and go hunting with. And um, Casey Donahue is a dear, dear friend, and he's a, a huge outdoorsman. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, no, not really. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, hey, man, we appreciate you coming by. I'm, I'm loving the songs, especially about the wife. I wish right I could on. write songs like that for my wife. So I live well, Evan, you. it's been a pleasure, man. <laughs> I, I, thank you for, so much for having me on the air with you and, and doing this today. For sure, man. Thanks for coming by. Right on. And thank you for listening to Taste of Country Nights On Demand. If you can, hit that like and subscribe button. Leave us a review so others can find us as well. Taste of Country Nights On Demand is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network.